You're listening to the Stream Grace Network. Life is full of amazing moments. Some make you laugh and some make you cry. And some are just downright brutal. Hi, I'm Rachel Lohr and this is my Brutal Life. I never wear a top knot with headphones. And so... Is today the first and today, last? Today, I don't know. I don't know. It's always fixing... If people have never, if people have never looked into a camera and tried to fix their It's hair, all reversed. It's all reversed, yeah. yeah. It's not like yeah. your iPhone. And you still have your hair. I still have it. Barely. I did, and today I did go ponytail, so we're both wearing ponytails. Yeah. And hoodies. I yeah. think we're ready for fall. Are you a fall person? Oh my gosh, I love the fall. Are you really? Yeah. <sighs> Sorry, I've been I've been waiting for this. In fact, today's a letdown for me because it, it got looks cold, yeah, it got but it's warm. warm. And I'm like, what? I know. I've I'm a summer person that. all the live long day. I can I don't, live with summer all the way around. Man. I like a few cold snaps and rain, but yeah, summer. dude, if it rained every day, outside of having to deal with like mowing the grass, that would suck. You would but, like raining every day. Oh man, yeah. what about your fire pit? Well, it wouldn't. Rain like constantly every day, just rain a little every day. Ugh. You should live in Seattle then. Well, that's what I've been told, but I've been to Seattle and I. It's true. It's not I mean, the it's weather, pretty. it's the people in Seattle I don't like. Yeah. yeah. Not all, I mean, I'm sure some of them are nice in case you're from Seattle. Yes, I'm sure some of them. I'm sure some of them are nice, but I could not live there. I have to have summer. Yeah. So. Well, I, you know, I think, I think it's a weight thing for me. The thinner I get, the more I like summer. <laughs> now in fairness so this has only you happened get, you once you want to wear fall and winter clothes <laughs> it's not the it's really not the clothes it's the temperature because i'm so insulated so when oh, when yeah. i but no when i lost you know i went through this time i lost 70 pounds and man that summer was a godsend because i was mm-hmm. always cold and i'm like ah oh, summer's yeah. great well i put on you know about half pounds. of that back <laughs> Not yet. <laughs> I'm working on it, though. Maybe by the next episode. But I'm like, okay. No, no. I still love fall. Yeah. And I do like bundling up. It's a real basic, you know, equation. I can only get so naked. But you can keep putting more clothes on. <laughs> well, well, we're in this house for the first time in the winter. And it has a real log burning oh, fireplace. That's cool. So I'm looking forward to that. Yeah. I have never had that. Ever. Wow. Ever. Well, it's a wonderful thing. I There's something just amazing about fire and a fire pit. I mean, anybody who knows me knows this is a big thing. Yeah. It's I've only had the fire pit since 2020. Yeah. But boy. You, you built it during COVID? Uh, yeah. Actually, I built it during my sabbatical pre-COVID, but that right before COVID, COVID, which was yeah. great timing. Right. Because right. by the time we had the forced COVID shut down. Yeah. I was you like, set. I was set. I mean, <laughs> I knew how to do it. My sabbatical started in January of 2020. I came off my sabbatical in March oh. of 2020. Oh, okay. And was then back in- to work for one day and then the nation shut down the next day. Oh, wow. So I went back home and, and so I was prepared. Yeah. But I had, I had dinners or lunches mm-hmm. with, uh, with Gavin and Morgan um, uh-huh. yeah. so <laughs> I set it up. It's so fun. Cause we we're all talking about the end of the world, the apocalypse uh-huh. stuff. So I set up a lunch in my garage. I set a table up, I cooked out on the fire pit, cooked some steaks uh-huh. and I put boxes of ammo as a centerpiece <laughs> and you I had, had bro lunch. Yeah. It was a full on bro lunch. And then 
Um, I have motion detecting cameras. So as the cameras got there, I had everything timed out. I have music set up with, uh, You're so romantic. Yeah, it was great. So it, the garage door opens, I'm standing there no way, and it's playing a, uh, that song or fortunate son or something from Vietnam era. And it's coming up and, uh, they see the table all set and power tools everywhere. Smoke going. Yeah, it was great. <laughs> it was a great moment. I enjoyed such it. A, you're such a bromancer. Well, you know. I like making experiences and having moments like that. And um, not just with guys. Yeah. <laughs> Doesn't have to be just guys. But I mean. I know. like setting atmospheres. Yeah. It's I enjoy fun. that. I enjoy. So, well, I'm completely off where we're going to go. I have no segue back into this. Because um, we're going to finish up the psychopath thing. We'll just do this. Shot up. <laughs> <laughs> We're going to finish up. Well, I don't even know if we'll finish up. We're just going to dive into more of the psychopath free. Psychopath. Recovering from emotional abuse, relationships with narcissists, psychopaths, sociopaths, and other toxic people. You know what's not fair? What? Before you get into that. What? I was just thinking. I'm I'm a little envious of our listeners because, you know, when we get near the end of the podcast and I'll say something like, well, we've only got about four minutes left. Mm Mm-hmm. Because you don't know. I have a clock in front of me. You don't know. I know how long we've been going. You don't know. So I'll say. We've only got about four or five minutes left. Mm -hmm. Do you know that I don't even know how much time we really have left, but they all do? Oh, because they've been watching the clock. They can just look. Yeah. I say we got five minutes left, and they look and go, (laughs) they got nine (laughs) minutes left, and he doesn't even realize it. I was thinking about that today. Yeah, because they can watch it. They can Sometimes, because we usually sit at 45 minutes. Yeah, we shoot for 45, and... You know. Can I say that? No. Okay. All right. Go ahead. Okay. So we came in Thursday and did a podcast. Yeah. It was good. It was freaking good. Yeah. I don't know what it was about that one, but I- I do. To tell the listeners. Okay. So we'll, <laughs> so this podcast was me, Jeremy, and Lori Fry. It's on the Redux. Yeah. Redux.church. And it's going to, I don't know when it's going to drop. It will drop uh, november Okay. You have to go listen to those Redux podcasts. Chapter 13 of John is what it was. Yeah, but listen to them all. But this one, and I've done several on the book of John with you and different yeah. guests. What was it? Was the content? No, what was what, what made, made that good? so like synergistic? Well, I think a couple things. One, um, I think with you and Lord, because I really wanted to, I was looking forward to it. Uh-huh. Um I, I, you know, in the pairings, people ask me this, you know, how I come We've up with the pairings and stuff. Mm-hmm. But, but I think the biggest thing for me was I was looking at it going, man, on this one, both you and Lori, I knew had position, not as position is not the right word. You, you were both very functional at just letting it unfold in front of you mm-hmm. and things that already stuck out to you. In other words, I knew in 30 minutes, we were going to feel like we just started. Yeah. And so for each session. And then the other thing that helped for me is all of my core values are wrapped up in that, in, verse, in that whole in that chapter. Yeah, that yeah. whole chapter. So like, and, and core values, not by definition or mm-hmm. declaration, but by actuality, yeah. like this is my core value. So when you got a core value, really, like when a person really knows what that is, it's identified because you can talk it's about it forever. It's who you are. Yes. Yeah, it's who yeah. you are. And so- I was definitely on cloud nine getting to talk about it. And yeah. I, and here's the crazy thing. I didn't know that was all wrapped up in 13. Like I, I, I mean, I knew the, you know, what couple hours before yeah. or, or whenever yeah. I dove into it in depth. 
And I'm like, well, shoot, all of this. It was just so, I remember, because I didn't sit here, I sat on that side. And it was just this, um, I can only, it's like just kind of droplets of information I was getting. Mm. And and that just kind of flowed. And to me, I don't know if you've heard there's seven pathways to hearing God, you know, and one of them is relationship. Like Mm. I really hear God the best when I'm sitting across from somebody. And countless times, and I know you've experienced this, I'll be like, I've never said that before. Oh, yeah. I've never said that before. In fact, I have said multiple times, oodles of times, you might ought to record this because I don't. I am. Oh, you're saying. <laughs> I was like, what are you talking about? We are like recording. Like if I'm at coffee with somebody or just sitting around shooting the breeze. Yeah. You know, you might want to record this because I've never said this before. And I don't yeah. even think I could go re-say it again. Right. This is what was. I think so is the that's undiscovered. That's I felt like it was for me. Total undiscovered gem of that that podcast series, I mean, it's, it's for Redux Church, but what it's so undiscovered about it is just that because we have, that is the common occurrence mm-hmm. that a person has revelation. I can guarantee you this, every single episode, there's a minimum of one moment, but at least three on average yeah. where a, there's a light bulb and we're talking about a light bulb moment for people who are seasoned, yes. who've been in this world a long uh-huh. time. And who are realizing for the first time some amazing truth. Yeah. You know, I think for for me in my scripture reading time and in the conversations I have now, because my mind has changed so much, Mm. it's gone through that deconstructive process and that demantling process of religion and man-taught ways and narcissistic toxic ways of being programmed into my brain. Mm -hmm. And I'm sure there's still some in there that I haven't yet discovered yet, but reading scripture with this heart and this brain and knowing how I hear God, I, it is vastly different, Mm -hmm. vastly different. And I, I can't even tell somebody how to do that. Right. Other than you got to go through some crap. (laughs) (laughs) You got to go through, some dismantling and I have, I have people in my life currently that are experiencing that and they, they're fighting against that dismantling. They're trying to hang on to old thought ways mm-hmm. the whole time when God's trying to get them to let go. But anyway, I think there's painful so, ways to do it and less painful ways to do it. Oh, you know, well, how I mean? would you describe the painful ways and the less painful ways? Well, the painful, I have some thoughts. yeah. So I would describe the painful ways is when you're resistant to it. Exactly. That's exactly what I was going to say. Right. So when you're resistant to it and something's coming up and you're fighting it, no, it just entrenches you more, which deepens the cut when something has to be removed. Yes. If you get shot by a bullet and it's deep, it hurts more than if it's on the surface. Yeah. When it's enlarged in your, you know, in your body. So the same way with, with things that we'll, we'll say, um, are false truths. I don't want to pass a judgment on some of the things yeah. that people let go of, but you know what I'm saying? So when you have that moment, if you go into it saying, okay, and I call it my 38 special theology, yeah. right? The hold on loosely, don't let go. And so when, you, when you're holding on to things loosely, then it's okay if it rocks your world a little bit yeah. because you're just like, you know what? And, and it comes down to having a baseline, and I think this is key for anybody who's looking at like deconstructing or going, oh, you know, I just don't understand church. It's so da mm-hmm. or whatever they're going to say. It's it's establish your baseline. Do you have a relationship with the creator of the universe? That's yeah. the first question. If you have that, then 
All the other stuff's peripheral. Yeah. And, and does it help you? Does it, do you glean? Do you get deeper? Yes. It's not peripheral in real life, but it's peripheral mm -hmm. because it, it, it's not something you need to freak out about. Right. It's just, and so to me, that's the less painful way and it still right. can be painful. Right. Well, and, relationship wise relationship wise and I just had this conversation gosh within the last this always seems to be the conversations that <laughs> bubble up in my world was when you are in a relationship with somebody like what we're going to talk about yeah that becomes your identity oh yeah and that becomes how you hear everything so when you're going to through that deconstructive part and a lot of times oh, God's yeah. deconstructing you from this type of programming yeah this type of thinking That's this brutal. type of it is brutal because it can come across as so loving and so kind. It's kind of two-faced. You right. know, it comes across as as sweet and gentle and pretty and inviting, which baits you in, and then it turns on you. Mm -hmm. And you're kind of going, well, how'd that happen? Well, then God's going, hey, hello, hey, hello. I need you to let go of this. Yeah. I need you to let go of this. And you're going, but it's so pretty. And he's going, it's not good for you. <laughs> right. I mean, but they were so kind. It's not good for you. Mm -hmm. What am I going to do without them? It's not good for you. And he'll let you keep walking down that road. Yeah. He'll let the pattern keep circling. But reckoning day is coming. Well, what, here's a great example. What if I told uh, all of our Christian listeners, if I told them that, uh, the name Jesus, it was never the Messiah's name. Mm -hmm. The person we know as Jesus was never called Jesus. Mm -hmm. Like that would freak people would out. Freak people out. Mm -hmm. Historically, yeah. there's there's a very strong case to be made. He was never called Jesus, yeah. and yet we have songs devoted to that. We sing. Mm -hmm. There's power in the name of Jesus. Yeah. There is another scripture that says. Don't take the Lord's name in vain. Yes. Right? Mm -hmm. So we then have to say, what does that mean? To make useless. Mm -hmm. Vain means to make useless or have of no value. Mm -hmm. What is more useless and of no value than than giving them the wrong name? When you go up to somebody and, and, and I've introduced myself, hey, I'm Jeremy Griffin. How are you? And they say, oh, it's good. To, hey, nice to meet you, Jer. Or Jer, that would be close. Right. Nice to meet you, Jim. Or Jay. Or Jay. JG. Well, that would be mm -hmm. even okay. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but if they called me Jim, right? You walk away and you're like, yeah. you know, mm -hmm. um, other people say curse words, but <laughs> yeah. I just simply go, mm, my name's Jeremy. Yeah. <laughs> but that's the thing. How do you think mm -hmm. that would make Jesus feel? Right. We spend our whole, and I just yeah. did it, right? I'm talking about Jesus. Right. Now, I know my heart, and that's a whole other right. question. But right. my point is, that would be a thing that would rock someone's world. Because it's a deconstructing of yes. the way we were taught. And it's hard. And nobody says what's right or wrong. And sometimes my deconstructing process is, right. well, a lot of times my deconstructing process is different than yours. What God chooses sure. to bring up in my life at this moment is different than what he chooses to bring up in your life. So anyway, I don't know how we got on all that. I don't know, but, but it is, it's, it's an interesting reality. And, <laughs> it is. And just anybody who freaked out because I just said all of I said, it's okay. It's okay. Well, it's just like message the, it, me. We'll that get through it. Is yeah. That and, and to me, it's like it's not a hill die on, but it's it, it's right. it's good for you to lean into those things that are uncomfortable. Yeah. Like there's a lot of things coming up right now. Like what did God say about divorce? Right. Is that really in the Bible? What did God say? A lot word we taught. Well, the only reason for divorce is adultery. Right. Which there's definitely biblical argument against that. Actually. Huge biblical argument. But in the Which lane, I struggle with myself. The lane exactly. That's what I struggled with fighting against. Well, what do I do when this is not good for me? I can feel it not good for me. I'm trying to listen to God and obey Him, mm -hmm. but I got the institution telling me what 
their interpretation of what God wants me to do instead of my relationship with Christ. And had I not had my relationship with Christ, this type of thinking Mm -hmm. would have kept me and him in a very unhealthy relationship. So anyway, basically it boils down to you have to have a relationship with God. You have to hear his voice so you can hear past the 30 flags. We just transitioned. (laughs) We did. The transition we sound. did. So you could hear past the 30, 30 red, red flags, flags. There it is. Of a sociopath, psychopath, narcissist. You did really and good. And toxic person. <laughs> are we professionals or what? Well, I'm, I don't know. <laughs> That's we yet are. to be decided. <laughs> <laughs> I think we left off at number four. Uh, read it. I'll time. tell you. Uh, pathologically lying and makes excuses. We did that one. Right? We did that one. Yeah. We didn't do number five. Okay. Um, number five, and all these sound very sim- uh, similar, but their execution is different. It's nuanced. Yes. So number five is focuses on your mistakes and ignores their own. If there's two, if they're two hours late, don't forget that you were once five minutes late for their first date. If you point <laughs> out their inappropriate behaviors, they will always be quick to turn the conversation back on you. You might begin to uh, adapt your qualities and your experiences. You might begin Mm. to adapt yourself to them. Mm. So they focus on your mistakes and ignore their own. Isn't there a saying that says something that I do is justifiable, but what you do, I'm judging. There's a saying saying. that goes like that. I don't know that saying. When I did it, it's justified. When you do it, I'm judging. Hmm. I can't remember what that is, but. That sounds, that's, you might've just did Maybe it. Maybe I just made one up. That's good. But you're good at making mash words. <laughs> what I, I said one the other day. You said it was awesome. I'm like, why, how do you do this? I said, we're, we're pod crashers. Fraud, or pod crashers. Pod yes. crashers. <laughs> that was so good. I'm like, man, I want to be a pod crasher. <laughs> we're a pod crasher instead of wedding crashers. We're yeah. pod crashers. Yeah. Um, that was on another pod. Scattered shooting, shooting, which you pod crash that had some sparks. It did have some sparks. That was a good one. All right, number six. You find yourself explaining the basic elements of human respect to a full grown man man or woman. Wait a minute. So (laughs) is this like the nice way of saying mansplaining? Yes. (laughs) Well, let me just say, women explain also. Uh, We do. We do. So it says normal people understand fundamental concepts like honesty and kindness, (laughs) but you find yourself. Explaining those things to somebody that is not kind. Hold on, I know. You know what though? And so this is what I would hear mm. back. So you're saying I'm mean? Yeah. So I'm saying what you did was not kind. So this is okay. So I went through this. Lori and I went through this this little phase like this. Okay. And and it sounds very similar to that. Mm-hmm. Like where I'm like, you know, it's really a mean thing to do when. So, <laughs> But it, but it was like intentionally that way. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like you, you're like, oh, you know, it's actually in general cultural acceptance. Right. You know, right. but, but I think there was this moment we, we turned it into something way more healthy, which is, did you mean to be mean? Did you mean? Yes, exactly. <laughs> and, but in and, and a normal functioning person, they hear that. This says this type of person often appears childlike and innocent. But don't let this mask fool you. Wow, it's a full on. No adult should be should need to be told how he or she should make other people feel. Hmm. It's a mask. It's two faced. It's double minded. Oh, I didn't know. I was just. Oh, yeah. I was just kidding. Bull blankety blank blank 
like, you're not kidding. You meant it. You meant to hurt. You're such an ugly cow. I mean, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. Yeah. So, yeah. They, it's it's a mask. I like to use the word heifer. That sounds so. It's worse, isn't it? Yeah. That's I mean, I don't call people heifer. I like using the, the word, word heifer. heifer. That's a big one. It's a fun word because to... it probably sounds like the effer. <laughs> well, great. <laughs> I thought it was just kind of fun to say, and now it's because I'm secretly trying to curse. Make, well, which I'm hearing that the f word is the most fundamentally used word. It can go in any direction. Oh, it's usages. Mm-hmm. It's like chocolate. Yeah. Chocolate can be used for chocolate? any. Think about chocolate. Oh, you mean in cooking? Yeah. Chocolate is a medium. I thought you meant the word chocolate. No. <laughs> no. Man, look at that guy. The he medium chocolate. of chocolate. Chocolate can be used like for everything. Yeah. You can use it on anything. You can build anything out of it. You can make sculptures. You can you can put chocolate together with chocolate. It's not load bearing though. You can make it. I mean, I'm You think you can make sh- it load bearing? I'm watching the show about chocolate. You'd never build a house out of chocolate. They not in Oklahoma. Built, not living. No. <laughs> they have built lots of massive structures. I've out seen of some pretty amazing things. There's so I'm like, saying chocolate is just as fundamentally useful as the F word in cooking. I guess. Which, by the way, we're way off topic. But by the way, the <laughs> F word is also very fundamentally highly used in cooking. It is. At least it in is. some people's world. It, it is, yes. In full but disclosure, I've I never heard Lori. I don't recommend you use the F word all the time. But no, but Lori, and Lori cooks good, but I can see myself really getting wrapped up and having to drop the F bomb in cooking. In cooking, yeah. Yeah. I can't do many good things without saying the F bomb. <laughs> No, <laughs> cooking. Oh, okay, okay. So I, I should Back spend on more point. time. Yeah, spend <laughs> more time with seven. chocolate. Maybe I'd be better. Uh, selfish, selfishness, and a crippling thirst for attention. They drain your energy. <sighs> they suck the life out of you. They need adoration. You are their fuel. <laughs> oh man, it's do the you, truth. Do you ever think people are looking at this video thinking, "I wonder who they're thinking about"? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I don't do. don't mm-hmm. try to wonder yeah. what I'm thinking about. You thought you were the only one that can make them happy, but now you feel that anyone could could make them happy and you make them unhappy. That's all part of the same mm-hmm. thing. Mm-hmm. Read it again. But they 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 it's a bait and switch. It's oh. a two-faced kind of thing. You make them happy, but then they make you feel like that you, you don't make them happy. Mm. It's back and forth. I think I'm you, the jerk. I think the whole, I think every, every Dang point, it. every point is meant to make you unstable. I'm, You're not the jerk. I think I am. Rich. I don't think you are. Why do you think that? I don't know. I feel like, I've, because I feel like Lori has said to me, you make me feel this way when you do this. And it's that, <laughs> that kind of stuff. <laughs> and I'm like, selfishness ah. and crippling thirst for attention. I don't know. You are. <laughs> We should have now, had her on. Times, we should have Lori on. I'll say to Adam, "Hey, I need your attention. I need that's, you to do this TikTok. That's my point. I have done that. Okay, I have. That's done my that. point. I have I, done that. I mean, dude, like, I'm like, I need your attention. I need your attention. Lori's in the I other room right now. She's off today. I should have just asked her. We should have. She should have joined us. <laughs> that would have been fantastic. It would have been awful for me. I Can feel she hear like, us? I mean, she, no, not right now. No. I mean, she could if we'd have talked about it ahead of time. But. This is a good one. All right. I know you don't do this one because I don't do I this one. Not. You don't do this one. You find yourself playing detective. No, no, because when you're with a toxic person, or oh, you're trying to catch them. You're trying. You're looking for what's right by playing detective. Everything's oh, yeah. wrong. Everything is glaringly in front of you wrong, 
and you find yourself playing detective to maybe there's something right in here. Mm. Maybe you're looking for something to prove Ooh. yourself wrong. No. I did that. Yeah, I definitely know. I didn't do that. I don't do this currently. Well, like I, I said, I'm not with a toxic person. She's with a toxic person. Mm-hmm. <laughs> No, you are not a toxic person. I don't want she to. She is be, the least. She does not develop in uh, play. She doesn't. On do, you. No, she no. doesn't. Mm-mm. No, she would be more like if you think you can handle him, take him. <laughs> That's fair. <laughs> she said, "What did she say the other day?" There was oh, <laughs> she was talking about this later at your office, and she said, "You know, she's she's uh, the other redhead at the office. She's about twenty something, and." Something like that, and I don't know if she said real cute or something like that. And I said, so why hadn't you introduced me to her yet? And she, <laughs> and she said, I said, she sounds like the newer, improved model or version or something the like Lori that. Lori 2.0? Yeah. And she said, that's why I hadn't introduced uh, you. <laughs> you won't find anybody no. else like Lori. I know. She knows, too. That's you why she says that. You won't find anybody like her. Nope. But, but it was funny because she, she's like, well, she doesn't work. She works out at the FAA. She doesn't work in our office. I'm like, oh, okay. Maybe at the Christmas party. No, she's not going to take you now. <laughs> oh, I'm going. It's a great Christmas party this year. I am so yeah. excited about it. It's Where's casino it night. Oh. They're doing a whole thing. Are you going to get to dress up? I am i don't know if I'm going to get to, but I You're might. Going to. I might go rent a tux and not tell Lori. <laughs> so when she goes in jeans, okay, I will wear the mean. tux. Well, it's only mean if other people she dress will up. Outshine you. Well, she will. She will hundred percent outshine you. I don't know because they all know her. That's probably why she will. Yeah. You'll be known as uh, Lori's husband. I am known as that. You mm-hmm. know how much joy I get from that too. That really makes me happy that I you love, do get joy because I, I was never known as Rachel. <laughs> I was known as the pastor's wife. Oh, I was yeah. known as Jackson's mom. Even in I my first podcast as, with you, I, I called know. you the pastor's wife. <laughs> you did. You uh, did. No, I, now I yeah. probably am. But well, yeah. yeah. Well, that, now that's the thing, though. Like she, because she's always been, you know, so supportive of me, and in, in our social world, she mm-hmm. tends to be the backseat because she's introverted more so than I yeah. am, and because uh, we're both introverted, but. Um, now, people would well, challenge that. I know, but they're wrong. Yeah. I can explain it, but they're not. It, it, I, I come across as introverted, mm-hmm. but the reality is I'm, I mean, uh, extroverted, but I'm I'm just not. Um, I play an extrovert on TV. <laughs> That's what I say. No, <laughs> well, but, a lot of you people know. would say that because now I'm a full on extrovert. That is true. I'm an extrovert. I, I, now, the, you know, what's interesting though is I have discovered. Like I've really gotten used to staying home because I go back to work tomorrow. <laughs> You've gotten used to it. I've gotten forcibly. Really That's like used prison. To staying home. Yeah, I've had to. Stay I've gotten home. really used to and alone you know time in fu- myself. No, it's funny is we've made more money me staying home. <laughs> Have you thought that one through? I'm really trying to figure that out. <laughs> I Adam, it was, we were like two weeks, two and a half weeks into me being at home, and of course I looked at the bank account, and he looked. Of course we looked separately, and I said to him, "Have you <laughs> noticed that our?" Um, bank account he said it's up and i was like yeah and i said what's going on he went apparently we make money when you don't work <laughs> i said Man. i'm really trying to figure that out but anyway back to the introvert extrovert yeah. i am going back to work tomorrow and i have struggled with like like wanting to do that like i've struggled. what's the struggle i'm down i agree i know but you would think i've gotten <laughs> yeah, to this place no, to true. where 
and when I first started, I was so, when I, the first week of staying home, I was like so depressed because mm-hmm. I needed that social oh, interaction. I, yeah. And now I'm like. I felt it. I yeah. felt it a mile and a half away. <laughs> it was bad. You had to come pick like, me up for snow cones. Holy crap. <laughs> Rach, are you all right? <laughs> so now I'm, you know, I'm like, ah, I got to go back and I need to go back. And But when I know once I get there, I'll be fine. Yeah. And I'll be all fine. And yeah. My brain will switch gears. I think so. it's, I think it's uh part of it to me, in my opinion, is that you, the part of the extrovert in you, that part was getting met pretty good on this break after the first week. Yeah. After being the first able to week. visit with people. Mm-hmm. And, and I think that's why people think I'm an extrovert. I think most people think I'm an extrovert because I've played on stage for years, mm-hmm. but there is nothing extroverted about playing on stage. Mm-hmm. Contrary to popular belief. Mm-hmm. Um, to me, it's like you put me in a big room full of strangers and I'm just sitting at a table. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I is the most uncomfortable place in the world for me. No, I can identify with that. Yeah. I, if, if I'm in a room full of strangers, you know how in the church world you do round tables and there's fellowships yeah. and stuff. I hated stuff like that. Me too. I hated stuff like that. <laughs> Cause <laughs> I would too, much rather have one-on-one yes. deep conversation than work a room. Right. I can't stand to work yeah. a room. I can do it. Ugh. I and have to game. I have to game face it, and I, yep. even then I suck at it. And I will find a way. I will find a way to not have to do it. I'll find my. I'll find somebody that I can gel with for a while and yeah, stay right there. Mm-hmm. Sure, I will. Yeah. So maybe you're an introvert. I don't know. No, you're not. No, I, yeah, no, I'm not. I'm well, a, I'm an I like extrovert. you know using the terms like sanguine and and choleric and melon. Yeah. What are you? I am uh, professionally choleric and uh-huh. emotionally or socially melancholy. <gasps> really? Mm-hmm. That's but, interesting. But the, if you if you measure, and I say it like that uh-huh. because I'm only choleric. Well, I can't even say that I agree with that now. I I think I'm I'm more choleric than anything. Mm-hmm. Um, but the melancholy part of me is the musician part of me. It's yes. like you know, I mean, sometimes I'm just not in the you mood. Get, you get in your sappy. Yeah, I get my too. get in my feels. Lori is full on phlegmatic. Yes. Um, she's like a night when we tested as, and this was mm-hmm. in our early twenties, she tested at like 98% phlegmatic Ooh. and I was 30% the other three evenly dispersed. So I had sanguine in me, yeah, choleric, melancholy, melancholy. and my phlegmatic, phlegmatic was, was on a the one. <laughs> yeah. Didn't even exist, which is, is like, all right, cool. And then when we had our kids, then it really balanced out. The choleric side of me went higher Mm -hmm. and Gabe was the sanguine Mm -hmm. Noah was the melancholy Mm -hmm. and and then we had Jacob and he he brought the whole world together (laughs) yeah his is just like it's not and what's funny is you know you would think he'd be 25 25 25 25 no he's 90 90 90 90 <laughs> he far exceeds. That's cute. Yeah. God just said here I'm gonna mess this world up. Yeah, I for am real. Sanguine choleric. Yeah. And the older I've got, the less my choleric has has softened. And it takes a lot to get me there. Yeah. To get and and I guess what how would you describe a choleric, choleric. so people don't, will understand? Well, so typically they're just leadership p guy like they're well they're they're control freaks they're all sorts of things right mm-hmm. so for me it's more about I'm gonna make a decision right mm-hmm. I'm gonna I'm gonna lead mm-hmm. especially in a vacuum mm-hmm. 
I'm just going to do that. And it's less about me needing to lead and more about my own desire and need to know we're doing something. Something, yeah. You know, it's like, okay, Pretty I'm not going to Pretty goal-driven. Very much, mm-hmm. yeah. I'm task-oriented, goal-driven. If you give me anything repetitive, that's, that is how you torture me in prison. Yeah. Here, we need you to dot all the I's mm-hmm. in this 500-page manual. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I would kill myself before yeah. page 12. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah. I mean. So how would you describe phlegmatics? Those are the two strong ones in your world. The word I use is loyalty. To a fault. To a fault. Mm-hmm. Um, but, so that's that's part of it. I think also... Um, the repetition or, or, or schedule, like something you can count on. Mm-hmm. Like the, the phlegmatics don't like change at all. Like mm-hmm. it's the end of the mm-hmm. world kind of thing. And Noah, by the way, he's probably more phlegmatic these days than yeah. he ever was, but, mm-hmm. um, but they just don't like change. Yeah. Um, so routine, mm-hmm. all that stuff isn't, you know, engineers are often phlegmatics. Mm-hmm. And I think the loyalty is the byproduct of that. If you, I mean, I've given Lori lots of reasons to want to leave me. That's for sure. <laughs> but she's phlegmatic. She's loyal. She's in. <laughs> she's loyal. And, and there's also routine. Steady. They're <laughs> very know? steady. Right. She doesn't have highs and emotional highs and lows. No, does she? no. She's pretty steady. And I wouldn't, I don't want to get too revealing in this, but even in worlds where you'd expect that mm-hmm. she, doesn't she doesn't have that. So. I'm wondering now, like since, cause I haven't talked about these in a long time. If I'm more sanguine, phlegmatic, I, I would say you're, I would put yeah. phlegmatic in there for sure. Yeah, I probably would too, because I, th- and, and maybe the cleric came out because of unbridled sanguine. I don't, I don't know when I was yeah. so young. Well, like I said to you at the beginning, I, right. I said the job, I was professionally a cleric when mm-hmm. you're, when you have to be a thing. Yeah. Yeah. It's very hard to test when they ask you circumstantial questions to not apply your regular. Right answer right because i am also i think that i was born a sanguine mm-hmm. no i actually that's not true because i was super shy but but if you, if a person called me if i was awake and they're like hey it's one o'clock man uh everything's fine especially that that's a big mm-hmm. qualifier everything's totally fine i just thought well if there's anybody up who would like to go shoot some pool right now it would be jeremy if i got that call i would be playing pool Really? Absolutely. That sounds like but a blast. That's the cleric in you, wouldn't it? I would have called that the sanguine. I don't know. Just going out and partying, having fun. But a cleric can do that too. Well, sure. They have a, a but a cleric space. I just think a cleric always has an agenda in doing that. Like I'm going to do well, this because it meets this think, thing. Would you not think that? Okay, there's a reason. There's really a reason why this person here's is the, calling me. Well, here's what I would think. It depends on, well, partly it's who calls me, right? There's there's a handful of people that would make that call to me that I would know beyond a shadow of a doubt when they said there's really no agenda, that there there's really no was no agenda. And mm-hmm. if it was that person calling, mm-hmm. then that's the one I'd be up for mm-hmm. doing. If it's a person who says, hey, man, there's no agenda, and then you kind of know there's an mm-hmm. agenda, I still might go mm-hmm. and and be pleasantly surprised that there was no right. agenda. Right. I, I would say Adam is sanguine cleric or cleric sanguine. He's hmm. He's... Definitely those two. I don't know which one would come yeah. first. But. I think clerics tend to garner uh, unmerited trust from people mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. because of their uh, decisiveness. Absolutely. Whether they feel decisive or not. Yeah, they don't. They just radiate a presence. Yeah, I don't feel decisive, but in the lack of someone making a decision. <laughs> He's going to make a decision. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. And I, I am a good second. 
Mm. I think I play a great second. I, yeah, I think phlegmatics mm-hmm. in general do that. Mm-hmm. I've yeah. and and clerics will surround themselves with phlegmatics. We make you look soften. We soften you. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. And we need people that we can count on. Uh-huh. And you can count on them. Yeah. And unfortunately, the dark side of that is you can abuse them. And I think that that mm-hmm. is the the thing that um, you know, when I I was going through, I think when I did all this, it was with Gary Smalley. Yes, it's who it is. Yeah. It's called the personality puzzle. Yeah. People are interested. Okay. Well, there you go. So when I was going through all that, like, I just remember all the, I always look at the other side of the coin and focus on it. So I'm like, okay, what's the dark part of this? Mm-hmm. Like, what what yeah. do I need to watch out for The not shadowy doing? sides. Yeah. So sanguine people are um, life of the party. They are jovial. They are up. They're typically optimistic. I'm the delusional, optimistic person. <laughs> Love I mean, those. I always have hope after hope <laughs> after hope that we can do this. Um, they, their shadowy sides is they can tend to run late. Now, what's interesting with that mm. is when I w- was married, I was always early. But when I kind of came out of that, I found myself like, eh, I can be a little, I can run a little late. Do Still you feel done. like that's... Contingent on, or it's uh, related to your excitement about where you're going? You know, I think when I look at that, it was because I wanted to get out of the house. Mm. And so the faster I could get out of the house, the f- more, the better, it, the safer it was for me. Yeah. And so when I came out of that, it was, I love being home. Yeah. I love being home. Oh my gosh, I got to be at the salon in 10 minutes. I'm mm-hmm. usually there 30 minutes early. So, but it took me a while to figure that out. So, I, but I think at my core, as a sanguine at the core, mm-hmm. I can run late because when I first got married, I was late all the time. We took mm-hmm. two cars everywhere. Mm-hmm. Um, so, that's kind of the shadowy side. They can overtalk, sanguines can overtalk, <laughs> but they're great conversationalists. Mm-hmm. They kind of bring the color, they bring the excitement, they bring the, you know, they, the vivaciousness is right. what you want to say. You got to have a sanguine and in your creative. life. If you don't, mm-hmm. you're, you need to they're find They're playful. Yeah. They're playful. They, but they have to learn how to take a joke. Or how, when not to when give not a to joke. Yeah, 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 yeah. When yeah. not to make things funny. Yeah. Um, talk about melancholy. Melancholy is just, first off, a melancholy is listening to all this going, well, that's a bunch of crap. <laughs> oh, yes. Because <laughs> mm-hmm. you can't put them in a box. They don't want to be in a box. They, they're artists. Um, they are moody. Um, the minute you they've pleased you and they didn't mean to, now they're mad that you're happy yeah. because yeah. you're, yeah, it's it's weird, man. They're very complex. They're very complex. And but they're introspective. wonderful, soft people. Yeah, they're, they absolutely mm. they are. Um yeah, it's weird. I and that I think that's where I ended up being those thirds because I tend to mm-hmm. get that way uh, categorically. There's moments that bring that out in me, mm-hmm. just very introspective. Like, why is this like thought mm-hmm. thoughtful? Mm-hmm. You know. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, and I think this is the weakness of this thing because as you dive into it, and this is the melancholy of me talking now, mm-hmm. the weakness of this particular thing is you, you're dividing people into four categories, right? Mm-hmm. And yeah, they can bleed over, but there's just more to it. And there is. There's a uh, the strength finders is one I really think is good. EMT. I don't know what you are. I know what I was. Oh, EMB. Dad, give it. Why can't I think of it? It's the 16 different types of Yes, there's 16. E-M-B-T. I'm an ENTJ. I'm a E. I think. <laughs> N. F. J. F. J. Cruiser. 
Nice. <laughs> I think, I, and and that was MBTI. MBTI oh. is the whole. It's the whole, the thing. whole thing. It's gotcha. what's it's called MBTI, and that I don't have. I do have a very good girlfriend who's very skilled in all of those, and I'd love to have her on and talk about those. You know but. what's weird about that? I when I did the Strength Finders, I had no idea about who put that out. But for years, one of the, my favorite books I ever quoted was called Soar With Your Strengths, and it was the same author. So Strength Finders, who did that? Well, I don't remember now. That I can you're see the book. Me. I have it on my bookshelf. It it's red and white. Yeah. You have to pay for You pay for the book, and each things. book has a code in it that right. you can go online and, and take the Strength Finders. Um, I believe I George Barna was. was a part of the distribution, but I'm going to find you the answer because I... Had the internet at my fingertips. Um, Strengths Finder 2.0. Gallup. That's mm-hmm. that's who did stuff with it. But um, A lot of corporations yeah. will do Strength <clears throat> Finders or MBTI. Yeah, it's very useful mm-hmm. for sure. Uh, but I also agree, like even because Gary Smalley started the four sanguine, melancholy, phlegmatic, choleric years and years and years ago. And I do believe the more we become Christ-like... Yeah. God's all, Jesus Christ is all of them. It's the fruit of the spirit. Yeah. That's who we endeavor to be like is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, you know, gentleness, meekness, right. humility, and self-control. Tom Wright, uh, wrath. Yep. Tom yep. Wrath. I can see it. Um, and I sure thought it was sore with your strength. So I'm going to look that up while we're talking. So I think the objective is we all have them in us at varying degrees. We have yeah. all four of them in us. Because I can get kind of melancholy. Um, I know how to recognize it. I know how to not get into the the shadowy, dark, bluesy side of the melancholy. You know, the depressed side. I, so I guess I'm just... You can't the, find it. Well, I found the Soar Through Shrinks book that I like, and it's totally not related in any way. But for some reason, I thought it was. Donald O. Clifton is... Hmm. Well, it, it's frequent. They're frequently bought together, so maybe that's what it was. I think mine even came with like oh. a CD or something with it. Oh, like yeah. a CD-ROM. <laughs> Here's the thing I liked about "Soar with Your Strings." I think it resonated with me. We're totally off topic. Do you want me to even continue with? Yeah, go because okay. we're on this stream now. We ain't gonna diverse back. Oh, and yeah. we only have three more minutes. Yeah, let's see good. how true that rings. <laughs> let's get through the next fifteen. I know, right? <laughs> no, I think I like that book. The one thing that always stuck out to me was it tells the story of this this uh, Asian um, ping pong champion, and he didn't have a backhand, mm-hmm. but he beat everybody in the world. And his trainer was asked, why don't you guys ever work on his backhand? And he said, he's beat everybody in the world. Yeah, there's no need to. Right. Why and do it, I need to work The idea on was to, you know, in America we do this, and I and this is the thing, it, it resonated with me because I'm like, man, why is it we make kids mediocre or build them around mediocre. mediocrity? Mm-hmm. If you have, if you suck at something, we, because the subtitle is it's soar with your strengths and small manage your weaknesses. Yeah. So you want to manage your weaknesses. But Jake said this to me the other day. He's 11 years old, and he said, "I don't understand why we can't just go to school to learn the things that we already love." I love that kid. I do too. And I, I said, "That's why you're homeschool, kid, because mm-hmm. that's what we're doing. Yeah. You're going to learn what the requirements are to learn, mm-hmm. but you and I are going to go down the path that you're you good love. at." And and that's the thing when I Gosh, look at Gabe so and good. Noah. You know, and I talked about this many times. Gabe is doing much more of the stuff that I do. Mm-hmm. Noah is in the Air Force. Mm-hmm. 
Nothing could be better for him than the yep. Air Force. Gabe wouldn't have lasted a minute in the yeah. Air Force. It's so important. I think everything we've talked about, even some of these red flags, and we may never get to the rest of them, but it's so, the basic bottom line takeaway is you have to know who you are. Yeah. And all those things we just listed, you know, the Gary Smalley personality puzzle, the MBTI, the soar with your strengths, the spiritual giftings test, all of those. I love all those. And I took them over the years because it gave me pictures of who I am and how I'm wired Mm -hmm. and then how to relate to the people around me. And even though I got mixed up with a toxic person, that was still at the core. I was still learning all of that right. through all the minutia of the ecosystem that I was in, which I 100% believe was the rope of hope that was kind of pulling me closer to, to God's heart. Mm. And then you get to the end of that journey where I begin to see, see things so clear, which now I stand on that platform today telling people what you're hearing and you're being gaslit or this is not your fault or you're actually being abused. I remember when I heard the word abused, Mm -hmm. you're being abused. I was like, what? (laughs) What? No, I'm not. Because I had a definition of what that word meant. Mm -hmm. And because I knew who I was and I knew who God was, I was able to let that word come into my life and allow a new definition to be put to it. Mm. By God and by, like, that makes so so much sense. Was I being punched, slapped, kicked around? No. But I was being made responsible for somebody else's bad behavior. Mm -hmm. And that, in the basic form, is a definition of abuse. And because I knew who I was, I was able to say, that is not my responsibility. Right. I am responsible for me. So if you get anything out of this podcast... Mm -hmm. It is the red flags, yes, but know who you are. And everything we just talked about helps us figure out who we are. Strength Finders, Gary Smalley, Personality Puzzle, and there's so many more. Educate yourself. Know who you are. Ask people, trusting people, what do they see in you? And I promise you, I promise you, God will have you hear what you need to hear. Love you and see you next time. 